What a week. I think, I don't know, did you guys, I think one of the kind of the light moments, I guess, in the week, did you guys see, hear that 911 call from that guy, Eustace or whatever? Oh, gosh. It's so, anyway, it goes like this. So Eustace calls 911, and he's in a panic. He's freaking out. He's going, Bubba's dead. Bubba's dead. And, like, my mom's going to kill me. This is my little brother, and he's, he's died. And so, so the 911 receiver was like, okay, what, where are you? What's happened? He goes, well, we're out here at Enchanted Rock during the ice storm because we figured no one else has ever climbed Enchanted Rock during an ice storm. So we're up here doing that. And then through like no fault of his own, Bubba slipped on one of the ridges there. And then he fell, free fell, 25, 30 feet, thud. And he has not moved since the thud. He's dead. I think he's gone. And I'm, mama's going to kill me now. So the 911 operator says, okay, just calm down, calm down. The first thing we have to do is just to make sure if he's dead or not. Then you hear him drop the phone, rustle through his backpack, and then you hear a gun go off. Boom. He comes back. He's like, okay, he's dead. Now what? <clears throat> that, didn't, that didn't really happen. But you can see the importance of following instructions, right? Not necessarily what you think the person is asking, but what the person is actually asking. Like you need to know, it's critical to know the details of when you're being told to do something. And on a, on a heavier note, uh, we're, we're looking at the last command of Jesus. <laughs> and we're going to make sure we get this right. Because this is Jesus' last words in the book of Matthew. He says this. And then Jesus, <laughs> it's, it's a hard transition, isn't it? Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> Should put something in between that introduction and this verse. <clears throat> all right, here we go. Bible time. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go, make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of this age. So let's make sure we get this right. Make disciples, not just converts. Yep. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. We're going to end the service today with three baptisms. Yep. Uh, teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. How are you going to do that? Spirit plus truth plus relationships. So today, go. Go means go. Go into all nations. And Matthew is making sure that we get this because the first chapter, the first verse in Matthew is talking about the blessing of Abraham and how Jesus is a descendant of Abraham because it is through Abraham that all nations will be blessed. Every tongue, every tribe, every language. And then he ends now with blessing of all the world and all the nations. In the Older Testament, the plan for salvation of, of bringing the gospel to people was that Israel, God's chosen people, would be holy and separate and distinct. And God would bless that nation and then draw all the other cultures to that community. They would be part of that covenant community and they would receive salvation that way. They would be like a lighthouse that rescues the lost by being a beacon of hope for them. In the New Testament, plan changes a bit. Now, each person is to be sacred, holy, set apart, and to go into those nations everywhere. And, and bring that rescue message to them, more like the Coast Guard, where we're on the move. We're the ones that are going. Go means go. This is the Great Commission. 
It has been bedrock purpose of Grace Covenant Church for over 50 years. And today, we're going to have a time of celebration. Just brace yourself for that. I'm going to tell you about the history of the church and where we're going from here. And before we do that, I, I just kind of want to pause because I, sometimes I don't do this well. I don't, I don't like talking about our successes often because it just feels like we're, I'm bragging, but I'm, I'm not. I've actually had people talk to me about this because it's okay to celebrate. So we're going to celebrate today. And if it feels like I'm bragging, please forgive me. I just want you to know, so many of you don't know the story of grace and what we've been doing over the years. And it's, it's a testament to God. It's by his grace so we can enjoy that, okay? But when I, when I realize I, what we've been part of, I just, sometimes I shake my head. Sometimes I just want to cry. This, this is a wonderful congregation. So each of us were to be disciples. Each of us are to make disciples. Help and guide people to become like Christ in all of life. Another command of Jesus, uh, the last words that he speaks in the book of Acts, very similar, but kind of gives an outline of how the disciples were to do this. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, it looks like this. So when they met together, they asked Jesus, asked him, Lord, are, are, are you at this time going to rescue, the, I'm sorry, restore the kingdom to Israel? And then Jesus said to them, it's not, it's not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but you, you are to receive the power of the Holy Spirit when it comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in, Ju in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And you can see that concentric circle outline is, is literally the outline for the book of Acts. And it serves not a bad outline for our time today and the way we look at, at mobilization here at Grace Covenant Church. Jerusalem is the city, and Judea is the Americas. Samaria, we'll talk more about that a little bit later, but uttermost parts of the earth, those are the nations. Those are the nations. So just to give you a big overview of, of our church, the big picture, we have 89 missionaries around the world. A vast majority of them are homegrown. They grew up or they were part of our congregation and then they were sent out. In the last three years, Grace Covenant Church has given towards mobilization this staggering number, $3,112,000. Pause for applause. So that's the big overview. What I'd like to do now is look at how we've been as a church and where we're going as a church in the city and then Judea and Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth, the city itself. As a matter of record, Grace Covenant Church, it's, our very name is based on the fact that from the beginning, we believed that every believer was a minister. And the various lay people throughout the church were hosting learning events about the, the covenants of God. They gave a survey of the covenants of God. They called it Walk Through the Bible. It became the international Walk Through the Bible ministry in, many, in a deviated form. But the last covenant that they looked at in the survey of covenant is the Grace Covenant. And that's why they named the church Grace Covenant Church. Lay people in their living rooms, sometimes they'd rent cafetoriums in the various elementary schools or even high schools, and they would teach this. That's how it all got started. Lay people doing the ministry, bringing discipleship to their community. When people in Round Rock 
felt like they needed a church in the Round Rock area, we started a Round Rock church that ultimately became Hill Country Bible Church. When people, the 360 Pennybacker Bridge hadn't been built and people in Westlake, we had a large number of people from there and even South Austin, they thought, why don't we put a church down in South Austin? And so we started a church there. It's called Westlake Bible Church. They changed their name the last five years or so. It's called Austin Ridge now. So between Grace Covenant, Austin Ridge, Hill Country Bible Church, we've been involved in bringing discipleship to the city of Austin and touching tens of thousands of people's lives. That's how it all started. In 1992 to 1995, Grace Covenant Church, we didn't have a senior pastor. I was the youth pastor at the time, and the leadership wanted me to teach more in, in the big church, and so they wanted me to delegate the youth ministry to one of our lay leaders, somebody that was overseeing the youth ministry in many ways. Well, we were going into our winter retreat just about that time, and it would be all but impossible for a layperson to do our retreats the way we do them. But this year, I had already planned and booked a, a retreat in Waco uh, an entire 12 months previous. So the person in charge, all they had to do is just get the kids registered and take them up to Waco. In Waco, there was an experience called Mission Waco, an inner city immersion event. And the person that became the associate youth pastor was a man named Tim Pinson. When he went up to Waco, he came back to Austin and said, why don't we have like a Mission Austin here? And the answer to the question was, well, Tim, why don't you do something about it? So he sold his business and emptied his pockets. And that was the day that Mission Possible was born. To this day, it is, a, it is the premier ministry for people in generational poverty or lack of uh, income. Grace Covenant Church has given well over $700,000 to that organization. Many of you have served as volunteers there. The three large buildings that they have are, were purchased because of the critical input by this church. And now Mission Possible does church under the bridge, multiple children's camps. They have Bible studies and children's clubs in five different housing projects, adult education, you know, helping adults get jobs, those sorts of things, all because of Grace Coming to Church, loving their city. This worship center itself, in 2005, when we were looking, we were growing out of our old auditorium, what do we do next? And part of the discussion was, well, why don't we just move out to the suburbs? It's easier there. It's where a lot of our people uh, are, are living. And while this church, when it bought the land, it was out in a field, it became enveloped by the suburbs, and now it's, it's inner city. <laughs> I mean, it's the center of the town. And we decided we can't leave the city. Instead, we'll build here. We'll build the last auditorium that this facility could hold. And so with great sacrifice by many of the congregants, we built a building that would glorify God and change the skyline of the North Austin area. We wanted to love the city and show the city that there's a king with a crown and he rules with a scepter. Just a few years ago, during our last snowstorm, the Snowmageddon, Austin police officers were stranded after their shifts were over and they couldn't drive home. And so <laughs> they, they called and said, what are, we, what, are they, what are they to do? And the 
people in leadership said, well, we, we can't help you. Maybe you could sleep on the floor of the substations. And some of them did. And then they called a group called Cops for Charity. And Cops for Charity is an organization that the policemen give to, that they can give to other people, but this time they needed help. So they put some of the officers, the men and women, in hotels, and then they asked the city to help pay for the hotels, and the city said no. So we contacted them and said, we'll pay for those hotels. It was a $12,000 bill. We paid $10,000. And when we got off the phone, it was beautiful to hear that police officer cry. I made a cop cry. That felt good to me. <laughs> it was finally the shoes on the other foot. How's that feel? You know, all the tickets I've gotten over these years make me cry. Anyway, uh, distract. So, and then, so we, we paid the hotel bills. And then we felt like the last two years have been especially difficult for the police officers, the men and women that keep us safe. And we felt as a church, we needed to encourage them. So last year, we provided a dinner for every substation during the holiday season. And it was brought to them by members of Grace just to say, thank you. In the context of buying people dinner, two hospitals, the two major hospitals here at Grace, at, in Austin that were working during the COVID times, those COVID wars, our church bought dinner to every worker in the COVID in the COVID wards of these hospitals. Another way we serve our city is an organization called uh, Education Connection. Education Connection was brought about by the church community going to the leadership of Austin saying, how can we change the city for good? And they said, you know, honestly, if we could make our children literate, they won't drop out of school and they have a future ahead of them. If we can get everyone reading by third grade, it could change the city. So that organization was mobilized and we serve at Grace, we serve by going into the schools all around the city of Austin and the surrounding areas, teaching first, second, and third graders how to read. We give to them regularly as well. In 2009, a group called Austin Disaster Relief Network, you might have heard of them, <laughs> they're pretty popular this last week, ADRN. That organization got started because the church couldn't help in one of the hurricanes that brought everyone to Austin. We, we couldn't help because we weren't qualified. So this organization trains church people, lay people, to be able to go and bring physical, emotional, and spiritual help to people that are victims of disasters, both short-term and long-term. And when the organization was getting started, we helped financially. We helped by volunteering. We let them use our office building for multiple years. And when they moved into their new facility, which is gorgeous, by the way, up there off of Mopac, Grace gave them $100,000 just to get started. During the COVID months, we were able to help multiple churches east of our freeway that were having a very difficult time keeping their doors open. So we helped pay some of those bills. Our buildings serve the city. The Live Oak Building is built to serve our city because God built, made us, he designed us to be in relationships. We are designed to serve one another, to know one another, to love one another. But our culture tells us to take, get all you can from anybody you can. And if you're gonna worship anything, worship yourself. That goes on long enough and people say, 
I can't take this anymore. Their soul cries out. Their body is finally put behind them. And they're like, my soul needs something more. And our response to that is only Christ can fix that. Only the power of Jesus. Only the spirit of God can change you. And these two ministries are important to that because we have like a value here. It's called relational evangelism. The people are going to need, that's where their need is in relationships. We have relational apologetics where we understand the nature of relationships and how to fix them. It's kind of relational healing is what we provide. The two major ministries that we are glad to house in the Live Oak building, one is called Re-Engage. It's a marriage ministry that helps people get back on their feet and understand like the physics of relationships. Last I checked, 30% of the people that come to re-engage do not go to our church. And some of them aren't even followers of, of Jesus Christ. That's okay. The other ministry that we have that houses uh, healing for people in relationships is our Celebrate Recovery. People with hurts, habits, and hangups. They've come to the realization that they don't have power over whatever their thing is, but the power of the Spirit does. And last I checked, 80% of the people that come to our cell recovery do not go to this church. That's okay, because we're here to serve the city. Even to, like on Friday, we're going to have a night to shine, a night to shine, a way to serve our city. What a privilege it is to be able to do that. So when we talk about the Great Commission, the Great Commandment, Jerusalem, our city, the application is pray and give and go. <laughs> pray, give, and go. Not one of the three, not two of the three, but all three of them. Look for opportunities to pray and give and go. We could use some more mentors in our re-engage ministry to expand it. If you're, I don't know, over 40 and have a pretty good marriage, go through the process, maybe become one of our mentors. You could teach a child to read in any of the elementary schools by signing up for that. Point is, you can go to the website and find out how to get involved in the many ministries that I'll be mentioning today. Another way to apply is to consider joining us on March 4th for our gospel conversation training. Keaton will lead a half-day little seminar, interactive, going back and forth, helping you tone and, and tune, rather, your your story, your identity change that you've experienced because of your faith in Jesus Christ. And to make that story compelling and efficient to be able to tell the people that God has brought into your life. He's given you good works in Jesus Christ to be part of that he's arranged before time. You can come with your family and learn how to be confident in those ministry skills. That's our that's what we've been doing and what we're doing right now for the city of Austin. Why don't we just stop and enjoy that with some clapping? <laughs> Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Samaria, uh, we're going to take on a little different meaning here. Samaria, when Jesus said that to a bunch of Jewish believers, that would, that would bring up a emotions, that Samaria would be not a popular place to necessarily go and do ministry and not an easy place to do ministry. So the way we're going to translate that in a modern expression is to say that we're going to make disciples in Samaria to the least of these, the least of these. And that usually looks like the homeless or maybe the refugees, sanctity of life issues that aren't easy to have sometimes, and a prison ministry. 
So I want to tell you a little bit about those ministries that Grace has been involved in. About 40 years ago, three women, two from Grace, one from Westlake Bible Church, the church we started, felt heavy hearts towards women that were experiencing pregnancies that they hadn't planned on. And they felt like that as followers of Christ, they needed to act justly and love mercy and walk humbly with their Lord and provide a place where women could hear truth and love about these unplanned pregnancies. And it was then that they started uh, Austin, like, well, it's called The Source now. It was called Life Care Pregnancy Center. It's called The Source now. And The Source is bold about the gospel, but they start with a great deal of love. Many of you have served in the context of volunteering, some on the board, some as employees of the source. We have given the source over a million dollars over the years. It's one of the ministries that we really enjoy being part of. Community First is an organization that we have given to. It is part of the Mobile Loaves and Fishes ministry that's down in South Austin that's gotten national attention because of its effectiveness dealing with homelessness. It helps people get off the street and into long-term housing and has them work their way into that place. It does that with dignity and truth. We've bought five mini houses down there and bought a community shower area. Our fingerprints are on that. In the application of, of immediate homelessness here in the Northwest area, there's a ministry called Charlie Center, and it started by one of the former youth at Grace Covenant Church, and she saw a need just looking up and down when homelessness was rampant here. How do we care for those people, and how do we get them from living under a tree to actually living in a long-term situation and some sense of normalcy? And she wanted to do that with compassion and dignity as they are image bearers of God and started this ministry just two years ago. When she was getting it started, they needed startup money. And Grace Covenant Church stepped in and was able to get her going, and that's a ministry that we're doing now. There's a ministry called uh, English uh, Language Ambassadors. This is for the refugees in Austin that have moved here. That was started by one of our, our missions directors, our former missions directors that was overseeing it as a layperson. And everywhere he looks, he's looking for opportunities to bring the gospel, especially to other cultures. And in that ministry, he teaches people English as a second language, but does so in a very personal way. They bring it into the house, into the homes of these refugees and with the intention of building long-term relationships and bringing the gospel into that relationship so that they can make disciples of those refugees. It's the love of Jesus Christ. There's a ministry called God of Hope Prison Ministries. We've been involved with that ministry for a number of years. Many of you serve in leadership. Some of you have served in Bible studies. You want to give a prisoner hope? Here's how you do it. Help them become like Christ in all of life. And it doesn't matter where they are. <laughs> Bars and bricks make not a prison. We've been involved in that ministry in multiple different ways, but this last maybe two years ago, they were trying to raise enough money to have a full-time women's director. And so a board member and some employees of, of that organization came to Grace Covenant Church and we were able to give to them so generously that they were able to hire 
a full-time women's director overseeing the prison ministry for the women and have a prison ministry for the men. Those outside, those Sumerians. You want to be part of something like that? Here's an easy way you can be part of bringing the gospel to Samaritans. We'll have something this month, February 25th, called Bags of Grace. Think of it like Operation Christmas Child. You can bring your whole family and we'll be packing these gallon little Ziploc bags. And as we're packing those full of essentials that we've been told are very needed and what those, the homeless people need, while that's happening, we'll be instructed by people, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be from the Charlie Center, on how to help people in homelessness without, without hurting them, without enabling them, without making it easy for them to continue. Help them go from homelessness to long-term housing. If you want to do that, you can bring your kids, make it a fun thing. March 25th, by all means. Stop for applause. That's how we're doing Samaria. Enjoy. I know I'm, I'm coming at you fast. <laughs> so in the context of Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Judea, that's the Americas. Think Western Hemisphere. 45 years ago, a young school teacher left her classroom because she wanted to bring her teaching skills and add the gospel in the context of ministering to Native Americans. And she did that. She's been doing that for 45 years. That's an exceptionally difficult group of people to bring up the name of Jesus to. And she has been hard at work and now leads a team of absolute warriors as she continues to bring education with Jesus into Native Americans here in the Northern Hemisphere. We've been going to Mexico for, well, in 1990, the youth group went down there and we got connected with a pastor and that pastor was involved in church planting outside of Reynosa. And so we, the youth group, the youth group raised money to build the foundation and the roof of a church that would be a new startup church. And the congregation would fill in the walls and and the pews. When they raised their money, we finished raising our money and we built that roof and, and they're still using that church today. And when we put the roof on that building, we were able to finish that building without a single thing being plumb or square or level. <laughs> That's our fingerprint. 20 years ago, some adults went down to Reynosa and saw that they live in a third world. Some of the people there live in a third world experience absolute abject poverty and they wanted to do something about it and they started building a village putting these people above the flood line and into houses with floors in them and then they were able to organize other churches all over the country and now there's a village of 3,000 people they dug two water wells four schools 300 homes all the while we were also giving to an orphanage nearby we have long-term missionaries in Central Mexico, Central America, and South America. We're part of bringing the gospel to the Americas, Judea, Western Hemisphere. You want to be part of that? Here's what you do. Pray, give, go. Not one of the three or two of the three, all of them. Pray, give, and go. Some opportunities coming up for you to go if you want to take advantage of those in Belize, in Colombia, and in Mexico. 
If you have any questions, just go outside. There's a, a table for our mobilization. You can hit the QR code, learn more about it, or just go on our website when it's back up and running and find out more on how to enjoy that. But that's how we're serving Judea, the Americas. Pause for worship. Last uttermost parts of the earth, we're calling that the nations. That's called the nations, the uttermost parts of the earth, everywhere, anywhere. In 1974, our mission, some missionaries right out of Grace Covenant Church were up at Dallas Theological Seminary, husband and wife team, learning to be missionaries. It was Dwight and Sandy Eckholm. And while they were there, Bud Hingston was in town recruiting. Now, Bud Hingston is a modern-day like, hero in, worship, in, in missions. He's a legend, was a legend. He's passed. And Bud Hingston was working and recruiting for people to come to Eastern Europe behind the Iron Curtain during the USSR. They were going into countries, and it was illegal to bring the gospel, and they were bringing the power of salvation there. And Dwight and Sandy Eckholm said, we'll go. Three other couples went as well, and they worked in Yugoslavia, these other countries now that are independent. But, for example, Poland. Polish independence didn't come from a military takeover. It came from a religious revival. It gave people the power. When you become like Christ in all of life, you are courageous. And Dwight and Sandy worked with Campus Crusade, who worked with Father B. We can't know his real name who was reporting to John Paul II. You might have heard of him. The Pope of the Catholic Church. It was Polish. John Paul II wanted crusade to work with their material up into the hills and the mountains of Poland to make disciples of those people because John Paul II knew that's where the power would be. And Dwight and Sandy Eckholm was part of life change and global political change. And he, I think he's here with us today. Is Dwight Eckel here today? Raise your hand. Nope. He's been here. He's in and out. He's been coming. Next time you see him, you know, look, see if he's got a silver star there. He earned it. In Asia, in 2001, I think there were eight of us, mostly elders and a couple pastors. We went to Asia to do an exploratory trip. We went to Five cities in 10 days, and every one of us had a radical life change just to see what was out there and what was possible. Billions in, of people. One of the elders came back and said, I'm not going to be the same. He sold his business, his house, his cars, his boat, and moved over there on the East Coast and began to work with a ministry that became a beachhead for the rest of other ministries that were able to go over there, business and education. It was quite successful, so much so that he took that same model of education into the United Arab Emirates, where it's going on today. Hostile, but open to education and bringing in the gospel. Years later, eight students that used to be part of our youth ministry wanted to make an impact in Asia, and they went more inland and worked at a specialized, somewhat forgotten group, marginalized and over there, a small marginalized group is 14 million. Mostly all Muslims, but they're absolutely all illiterate. 
And to put a Bible in the hands of 14 million people that are illiterate takes too long. To teach them how to read, and then you have to give them a language and blah, blah. What can we do? What if we put the Bible in their ears? How long would that take? What if we could just record the Bible in their language and have them listen to that? We just started a new relationship with a group called Faith Comes Through Hearing in a very bizarre, providential way. And so we went to New Mexico where they're, how, where they're headquartered and say, hey, can you make us these translations for this tribal group? It's for 14 million people. And they said, oh, yeah, we want to be part of that. And then we told them where it was. And they said, no, we don't want any part of that. Because to make that translation, it's going to cost people their lives. It's too dangerous. Even their families would be lost. So we can't do that. We came back here to Grace Covenant Church. We said to the congregation, what do you think about that? And in one weekend, we raised $104,000 to make this translation available. We called Faith Comes Through Hearing back, and they said, yeah, maybe we'll look at it after all, because we need to change our model, and we just needed the money to do it, and they did, and it absolutely revolutionized an entire industry. They went to virtual recordings. People didn't have to drive somewhere. They couldn't be known. By going to virtual recording and changing the way they did everything, it went from taking three years to get, just get the New Testament done to four months. Not only was it faster, it was safer, no one was going to die, and it was cheaper. And we were, part, we were absolutely instrumental and key to making all of that happen. Friends, we are part of inventing a Gutenberg press that changed the world. Here's a letter we received from Faith Comes From Hearing. Your willingness to impact the lives of this people group is inspiring. Grace Covenant's pioneering support in the virtual recording process has helped make God's word available to thousands of others who otherwise might have uh, never have heard the gospel. The translation community, the entire industry, the translation community has rallied around this new approach because of its quick and le- because of its quick and less dangerous. We have used it to complete 20 languages so far. That would take several decades, and they did it in just two or three years. This is us. We have some ministries in Africa that, very strange story, my son's lacrosse playing buddy in college. Dad came to Grace Covenant Church because he had near-death experience to give his testimony, and he brought a friend from Uganda. We had him close in prayer, just some guy closing in prayer. Boom. You know, in a couple of years, Grace Covenant Church has a medical clinic there, two wells, two schools, three churches, and an orphanage. It's our ministry in Africa. We received a letter from Campus Crusade, now it's called Crew, that we're part of the Million Dollar Club because we've been giving to the Jesus film, getting that out in multiple languages and the multiple missionaries through Crew. It said, we can only begin to imagine the impact your giving has had on the eternal destiny of hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions around the world. In India, we have sponsored for over 40 years and sent missionaries to Asian Christian Academy. They have a school from kindergarten through 12th grade. There's 1,200 students there. They have an orphanage. 
They have a hospital. They have a medical mobile unit. They have a seminary that goes all the way to doctorate levels. And the students that graduate from there, many of those are church planters. 30 churches have been started in India through Asian Christian Academy. Operation Christmas Child, something we do every year here. Pretty simple. It's kind of fun. Who are we kidding? Okay. But the people that have been running that, we've been doing that since for 19 years now. And the ladies that run that, they are kingpins in that organization. Franklin Graham calls these ladies to see what's up and how to do it. Proud to be part of that. In each one of those boxes, there is gifts representing the love of Jesus Christ and the gospel. Four corners of the world. You want to be part of the nation's involvement in making disciples there? Pray and give and go. Pray and give and go. Not one of the three or two of the three, but seriously consider all three of them. You know, the most valuable thing that we spend, that we give to this command from Jesus the Christ to go, and go means go, we give our children. Our student ministry has been sending our children all around the world. A couple of years ago, the junior-senior trip to Thailand was canceled because of COVID. This year, they're taking those same juniors and seniors that are now in college with these juniors and seniors this year, and they're going back to Thailand. They're going. We'll send our own children. There's a trip to India coming up. It's kind of scary. <laughs> you might consider going on that trip. Pray and give and go. That's what grace is doing for the nations. Pause for praise. To love being part of this church. Oh, my, my. Please note that the Great Commission does not end in a command. It ends in a promise, a comforting, stabilizing, reassuring promise. This is the last thing Jesus says in the book of Matthew. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In each passage of the Bible where God calls us to do something heroic, he follows with a promise of his presence because he wants us to know that he's with us. Matthew begins in chapter 1 by saying his name is Emmanuel, God with us. And in the last sentence it says, I'll be with you always. Literally, end of the age is the whole of every day. When you add Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that says the Spirit of God will come upon you, we can know that we can do this through the power of the Spirit. And you will never experience the presence of the Spirit in your life like you will when you're doing what Jesus said, when you're going, when you're baptizing, when you're teaching, when you're making disciples. Here at Grace Covenant Church, we're just we're being disciples as we guide others to be disciples. We guide others to become like Christ in all of life. Where are you going to be in five years? Who are you going to be in five years? Do you have a plan? Because we have a plan. Who are you going to be? A disciple. I hope that's part of your ambition. And to make disciples and guide others to become like Christ in all of life. And for the most part, what that means is praying a simple prayer saying you'll go anywhere and do anything with anyone at any time. 
And then see where the Spirit leads you. See where he takes you. Palms up with your life. Let him do what he wants. Be part of this great commission to the city, to Samaria, to the Americas, to the world, to the nations. Good job, Grace. Let's keep up the great work, okay? Let's pray. Yeah, I guess let's end with that. <laughs> what a Sunday, huh? We should baptize. Wait, we are all going to baptize some people. Don't leave. Lord Jesus, we are grateful that you have chosen to use Grace Covenant Church in spite of Grace Covenant Church. You have saved us from ourselves so many times. Thank you for blessing us. I'd ask that you continue to bless us, provide and protect us. I'd ask that you would call us to follow your will, to do your desire, to enjoy your presence as we follow your last command because of your last promise that you will never leave us every single day. You'll never leave us. Lord, I'd ask that you would allow us to hold our lives open to you and we would go anywhere at any time to be with anyone to do anything for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.